hey, all you ninjas and Bedouins, apparently. <laughs> Welcome to the Weird Vibes Podcast. <laughs> Who? Who? I'm trying to think. What, I, I don't know what sound a goat makes, but I'm trying to do, like, I know camels just kind of go, ah! They're just, like, angry. Wild birds on the loose. And a camel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. For some reason, bird. Oh, yeah, because the king of, um... Yeah, the king of the Bowery. That's right. This week we're talking about Mr. Baba Yaga himself. It's all John Wick, all the time, at least for the rest of this episode. <laughs> so, um, Dana and I just got out of the third John Wick movie. Yeah. And it was quite a spectacle. What did you think, Dana? Oh, we, we haven't even... Cons- we- yeah, we were sitting in literal, complete silence on the entire ride home. We never do that. We haven't even had our first chance to do our um uh-huh. okay, our first take. I'm really I, interested. Um, I honestly, I was debating because I, going in, I knew that it was. Uh, I saw that it was what is what is that? 140 minutes. Yeah, I saw that it yeah, was it's two hours and ten. Two minutes. Two hours and ten minutes long. So I looked at my phone. Don't worry, guys. I only like I peeked in through my pocket. I'm not one of those people. Just to see what time it was at like ten. Oh, five. So I was like, oh, this movie only has like 15 minutes tops. And there, it looked like it was still the middle of the movie. So I was like, I was really torn between if this was going to be a trilogy or if this is going to be a series and a story. And the impression that I got from this was like, this is definitely not fucking over. And I will tell you, I am 100% here for it. I don't care if when I'm fucking 40, I'm going to go see John Wick 52. I will be in the front fucking row. Right? Is it going to be like a Fast and Furious franchise to where it just goes on indefinitely and jumps its own shark and nobody cares? Hear me out. Don't the previews make way more sense now? Because everything they previewed was other stuff that does that. They did Fast and the Furious franchise. Not the Fast and the Furious franchise, but the offshoot. It was that weird offshoot with the rock the Dwayne and Jason Johnson. Stage. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so there's that offshoot one, which is part of a really, like, serialized... Like, probably the most, of our era, the most popular... Oh, there's like 38 Fast and Furious movies. There's probably like eight, but... No, I think there's at least ten. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong. So the thing is, is I feel like, this is going to sound weird, but I feel like we don't often encounter um, series like this that hold up so well that people just, they just fucking eat it up. I feel like the other things from our era, and this is even like kind of throwing it back a little bit more, is like Alien and Predator, like those types of like franchise, like Halloween, like that type of movie, like the Jason movies. But what I was thinking about was how the other preview, it seemed kind of disconnected, but the other preview was Chucky. And Chucky is another, it's like, it's like, it's a remake for sure, but it's like a serialized remake, right? No, they're starting completely over. Well, I mean, this is a remake, but in the, in the franchise of Chucky, there has been several, I remember back when we were little, what was it? It was like, there were three of them, right? The, um... You know, I'm like not child's play totally movies. sure that movie scared the living shit out of me I know, when I was man. a kid, and I, I still have a little bit of a thing against it. But yeah. no, there's a lot of those movies. Think about yeah. all the ones with Jennifer Tillium. Oh, that's true, too, because there's like the Bride of Chucky ones and the other one. Okay. Yeah, so, one just came out on Netflix, I think, last year. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, Fast and the Fear, that franchise one kind of made sense, but they obviously do play previews that they try to target the previews to people who are seeing that movie uh-huh. and every like they those were all kind of horror previews and I don't cons- I mean like I know they call him the Baba Yaga but like 
I don't consider him like a horror. It's an action. It's for sure an action. It's a franchise movie. Yeah. Not a franchise movie. It's a genre movie. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting now that I look back on it that like, oh, all the previews were for like other serialized things that people are willing to like commit loyalty to. Yeah. Because I will totally show up for a fourth one. So what did you think of the movie? That's what I mean. Uh, I thought it was going to be over and it, it fed into another one and it was kind of long and I still fucking loved it. I will say, this is going to sound crazy because I just said it was an action movie. I felt like it was action heavy. Like I felt, <laughs> I yeah, felt like there were so was. many, there were so many consecutive, um, so many scenes of consecutive minutes of fighting. And that's honestly, if you think about it, it's a lot of goddamn fighting. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of fighting. Yeah, so there was a lot. What of do you think? Um, how do you feel about it? It was barely a fucking movie. What? I really, really liked it. Wait. I have the I so was... in my phone. I have a note written. This is barely a cohesive movie. This is barely anything. I love it. Oh, okay. All right. So, are you saying cohesive movie because it had like a broad plot and he there were a lot of different stages and a lot of different just eras of it Damn, or... there was a large part of the movie where john wick fully suited was walking alone through the moroccan desert yeah why okay so i was thinking about this because i felt like i knew this was gonna come up this you said this is a comic book right no what? This is a completely original thing. <laughs> Sorry that I, I must have just like hit a really high pitch because that was loud. John Wick is not a comic book? What I was saying was I really, really like the world that it's set in. And I know they started writing a comic book about it. And I think I might read it because I just like spending time in the world. Holy shit. I think my entire defense of this franchise just fell apart because I thought when you said that that you were saying when you said I want to read the comic book I was like oh that makes so much sense because another thing I was going to bring up was how colorized some of the shots were and how I really liked the lighting in a lot of the shots Mm -hmm. but how I was literally going to say oh you can tell they're doing that thing where they're making it kind of stylized because it's from a comic book but it's not from a goddamn comic book nope that's just them that's okay does that make me like it or hate it I don't know I mean, this movie, I, I, I absolutely love the series. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. There was just so many points. I felt like it jumped its own shark. Can we spoil things? I mean, Yeah, it's not we're like absolutely a... spoiling. Okay, so... Spoiler alert. Sorry. The <laughs> fact that there was the person higher than the high table. I didn't like that. And he was this random Bedouin that you can't find. He has to find you, and there's this wackadoo thing where, oh, walk through the desert till you're almost dead, and he might find you or you might die. It was just kind of goofy. And how is this guy supposed to be the most powerful criminal, most connected person on the entire planet? And he's just, like, mobbing around the Moroccan desert doing his thing. I don't know. I honestly thought that was the most plausible part about it. Like, really? the mo- yeah. to, me, to me, the most plausible part about him being the leader was him just being out in the middle of nowhere. I fully agree with you, though, that there was something... The entire first three movies are based on the... Pre- even in this third one, everybody just constantly talks about how important the high table is. The high table, the high table, the high table. 
And then they're like, well, yeah, but then there's the one man. Yeah, all of a sudden they subvert that entire idea for a really small scene that was in no way necessary, didn't need to be there. It didn't change the story. Sorry. No, no, no. I was interrupting you. Do you remember that Key and Peele sketch where that, where, um, (laughs) Jordan Peele walks into that boardroom where they're planning the Gremlins sequel? Yeah. And he goes around the table and he just lets them say whatever the fuck they want. And then Mm -hmm. they're like, all right, we're going to add that person. That scene felt like somebody was allowed to do that. Yeah, it felt a lot like that. It, I think my biggest problem with the third one, and again... I'm a John Wick fan. We are a John Wick house. I would see this movie again tonight. I (laughs) loved it. But it felt like they were trying to outdo themselves. They kept trying to grow the universe instead of maybe, like, further explain the really, really cool universe that was already there. Yeah. Like, I could spend so much time in that world. I... I endlessly. I want to know more about the women in the basement who send out all of the messages. I want to know more about how the coins work. I want to know more about all the hotels. I want to more, know more about the managers. I want to know more about the assassins. Why are 90% of people apparently involved in, like, the assassin trade, yeah. I guess, in this universe? It's really... it's Again, like you were saying, it's very, very... Reminiscent of a comic book. Yeah, I honestly I couldn't agree with you more. I um I felt that way about that room that Winston is in, that like glass room that looks like a museum. And I honestly was really disappointed that so many of those skulls got crushed before any of their context was explained. Because yeah, I was what like, were those? I was like, oh, I wonder if those are like the skulls of past like trespassers of people who like violated the rules of the continental or like something like that and then they all just get crushed they don't even get referenced and i feel like a lot of that happens like what what you're saying like all these really cool things get like brushed on and i could just spend forever learning about that yeah so you had a you had a theory about those skulls yeah what was your theory okay so in my infinite knowledge of this apparently (laughs) yeah um I kind of figured it was the skulls of the past heads of family. Because it wasn't the real skull. It was, it was like, like a, it was a recreation. They were plastic. They, you could see through them. Yeah, it lo- well, I thought it was like a like a um, 3D made, like, like, a, like a glass version. Because mm-hmm. one of them, when it got broken, like the jaw broke off. So I wasn't sure if they huh. were plastic. But I mean, obviously that could have just been something that wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, that kind of brings up another point, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like they kind of started running out of, um, things to do in this movie, and you'll see where I'm going <laughs> with this in a second. How many of those glass skull cases can you throw John Wick through? Oh my god. Like, I was literally getting bored just watching yeah. people get thrown through. I counted eight in less than a minute. Of just people getting thrown through glass cases. And it was like the over same shot. And over yeah. and over again. The same shot, the same sound effect. And it wasn't that it was done badly. Like, it was done really gracefully as far as, like, effects go. But it was so weird to see that effect repeated in in sequence, like, so close back to back. And I also felt that way, interesting that you bring that up, about the dog attacks. 
which the dog I attacks loved. were super super cool, but I also started noticing that like the lunge was getting really repetitive, and I was like, "How many times am I supposed to?" Yeah, let's give this a little bit of context. Yeah, sorry, oh, sorry. Let's talk about Halle Berry. Go for it, Dana. I had forgotten that you mentioned that she was in this movie, so I was really surprised when she and I was. It was funny because it dawned on me right when she showed up on the screen, but I really liked her character. I would have liked more context for what. Um, because John Wick also had a marker for her, which never gets brought up before. I really want to know more context of what... I know he... It sounds like he got her daughter out of something, yeah, He got her daughter out of whatever criminal empire they're, they're in. They're in. He, like, yeah. hid her, basically. Yeah. So, she has... He has a marker for her. I would have loved more context about her. Um, I really, really love her dogs. I know that was a thing. They were amazing. Yeah, they were so little, fun. Their little vests were... Their Kevlar the body armor was the cutest, toughest shit I've ever seen. So I know post, like, Catwoman, you might be... I don't know if this was you who said this, or this is just something that's, like, in the ether that another friend of mine has said, but how did you feel about Halle Berry's performance slash appearance in this movie? Oh, I thought she was great. Yeah. I thought she was really cool. I think, um... I wasn't sure if they were trying to do this, but mm-hmm. it, with her facial tattoos, did you get the feeling that the they were trying to give you the impression that she was in the process of getting them removed? Because she used to be this assassin, she sort of had the same upbringing as John Wick did, which we'll get into in a little bit. There's a whole history there that they kind of um, sh- sh- shined a light on. Yeah. Um, She's very adamant that she's management now. She doesn't get her hands dirty. And she had all these faded tattoos on her face. And it seemed like maybe he was kind of trying to show you, like, hey, I've left this life behind. Yeah. And, yeah, because, um, what is she? She's the, um, manager of the The Moroccan Moroccan continental. um, continental. Okay. And the guy that they go see later... The guy that they go see later is um, the previous manager, right? Yes. Okay, so that makes a lot more sense. So I really um, I really enjoyed her presence, but I really want to go back to what you just mentioned about uh, John Wick's history, because that was probably one of my favorite characters. His, like, I'm assuming his, like, den mother. I don't know what you would call her. You want to give context for what goes on there? Because I, I did not see that coming. So from what I understand, and... One of the magical things about this universe is they give you just enough information to get you super interested and just kind of dangle it in front of you like a carrot and never really give you the whole story. But you're kind of, um, you're, you're kind of informed that John Wick was a, a Romany orphan, Mm -hmm. like, um, that was sort of taken in by the, like, Russian Romany mob who also has this huge collective, I guess, in the, um, in this criminal world. Yeah, he's um, the I'm of the Belarus. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't see a lot of it. You see that most of the girls are training in ballet. Most of the boys are training at the time in Greco-Roman wrestling, but it, it kind of gives you the impression that they all do everything and they're sort of being trained to be assassins. Yeah, because... That's it, what I got from it, right? I did too, because when she when they walk past the wrestlers, she looks at him and he, like, looks really horrified. And she goes, hmm, fond memories. And that's who I, that's who I was... Um, I'm trying to look up because I'm trying to make sure that it is who I think it is. Is that Angela Davis? I'm not totally sure. It, okay. It totally might be. Yeah, because I would... Sorry, not Angela. 
I always do this Angelica Houston. Oh my gosh, Angelica Houston. I, I just went it. along with it. No, 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 because I always do that with that name. I don't know why, but I always I always call her Angela Davis and get it confused. But Angelica Houston, who of oh, Royal Royal Tenenbaum's mother proud, like darling of my heart, is the Romany mother. I I'm not totally sure. Yeah, she is. Sam, I'm looking at it. Oh, you're looking at it right yeah, now? No. That was her? Sam, I knew in the movie. That's why I kept hitting oh. you. <laughs> and the reason I'm saying it now is because I was really excited about it. And I was I was trying to, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's her. But I thought you knew it was her. And that kind of made me like her even more. Because she had this, like, really stately presence already. Mm-hmm. So I just, um... I just really like that. Oh, she did so well. Yeah. I loved her as, like, that cool crime boss, but also this ballet aficionado kind of taskmaster. She was writing the dance. Oh, That's so what she... Cool. I, I loved it. I loved that shot. I loved everything about it. And then, like, did you get the feeling that he knew everyone who worked in that front room, too, that, like, took his, like, security... Oh, he totally... He grew up with all those dudes, right? I mean, people were literally thanking him for the opportunity to fight with him during the movie as they were trying to kill each other. That was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> they, like, both stopped and they were like, sir, it's an honor to fight with Which you. Which one? Like, five guys <laughs> did that! Yeah, it was so cool. I thought that was a really cool way to, uh, like, another way to highlight how much of, like, a legend, like, John Wick is in this world. Because, obviously, there's a lot to be said about everybody, like, wanting to fight him and wanting to kill him. And, like, oh, yeah, I'm an, I'm gonna be the one to get him. But this other form of, like, reverence has never been really shown before in the previous movie. So, I, I really like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess this is a strange question, but mm-hmm. John Wick is John Wick. Do you have any favorite deaths from the movie? Oh, no. Or injuries, or just any type of bodily harm that... Um, the tall dude in the library getting killed with a book. That was pretty amazing. I would have to say that is by far my favorite death. I really, really liked the horse kicking death. Oh my gosh, yeah. But again, that kind of goes back to what we were saying. Kill one guy by having a horse kick yeah. him. Don't kill, what, like three different people were, with yeah. three different horses? Yeah, there were three people, three horses. Also, okay, I'm glad that you just referenced the horses because another thing that I wanted to ask you about... Um, sorry, did you want to talk more about the horse kicks? Because this is kind of relevant. It's kind of like animal related, but I didn't want to cut off your... I know those kicks were... They were getting kind of redundant, but... Oh, no, I just... I loved the first guy getting kicked to yeah. death by the horse. That was amazing. I don't want to be bored by horse death. I will Hor- say, Human horse deaths. I will say that the second one I appreciated because the first one was so surprising that I didn't feel like I really got to absorb it. So when the second one happened, I feel like I got like the full... Mm-hmm. The, fu- the full experience. You really got to absorb the you full really brutality. You really got to experience the full brutality, for sure. So my question was going to be that... Um, do you think that they were actually shooting... Obviously, they weren't real guns, but do you think they were shooting off things that loud around those horses? No. Okay. Not at all. Because there were a lot of moments that I had a lot of questions. I'm not trying to be PETA over here, but like there were a lot of moments that I was looking at, and I'm not usually ever this person... But several moments in the movie really made me ask, like, I wonder if they had, like, animal, like, rights professionals, like, near, like, on set. Because the other scene that really, really got me was the blowfish. Like, was that a real blowfish? I don't know. This was a, what Dana's talking about right now. Sorry, I don't mean to just skip um, all over. 
No, did you see all the, the goofy animal faces when all these guns were supposedly going off and they were just sitting there? Like, the dogs and the horses were clearly not around any type of loud noises at all. Okay, that's actually a really good point because I was thinking about that. And you're right, they weren't even jumping. And then I, when that guy went to get sushi in the movie, like, I know we were talking about it earlier, and he was eating that blowfish... We were debating whether it was real or not. I, I doubt it would be a real blowfish, but it's also, like, a real sushi preparation, so it could have been. And the thing is, too, is, like, there wouldn't be anything wrong with that if she actually ate it. But then that made me start thinking, like, I just think they wouldn't do that because it's already, like, hard enough to get something in one shot. Like, why would you want to, like, put something alive in a shot that you'd have to do over and over again? Exactly. Unless she ate all that blowfish, because if she did, kudos to her, because that's brave. But now that you bring that up, I don't think it was real. I think I just, you know how I am. I just get too squeamish. I for, <laughs> I forget how good effects can be, and I was just like, that can't be fake. But oh, they weren't that good. It's like, there two thousand nineteen. So... <laughs> like, um, can we talk about his finger? If you want to talk about effects, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was really crazy yeah. when he cuts his finger off. Oh yeah, it's so that. fast. Yeah, that's not what I was expecting. I thought he was just going to, like, I thought the two things that I saw on the table when he was going to go, like, do whatever he did to his hand, I thought he was going to just, like, stab through his hand. And then when I saw his finger come off, I was like, oh, this is, this is way different. But I mean, like, the effect did you see throughout the whole rest of the movie, I kept watching it because I was like, I wonder if they're going to forget at any point to, like, cover it up. And you could just see there was, like, a large, I know CG, like, I'm, I'm talking like this, like, like, I could do that effect and I obviously can't. <laughs> But, like, you could just see that there was, like, this, like, large blank, like, where... Missing finger. Missing finger, yeah. Like, a glaringly missing finger. Oh, man. So, I had some favorite deaths in the movie, too. Uh-huh. Um, Sorry. I, I, um... <laughs> I loved how many people died by just getting fucking bit in the testicles by dogs. Yeah. There were a lot of testicle deaths in this movie. Yeah, like, John getting bit in the dickwick. <laughs> man it was so nuts like Wait. again it was a little repetitive but I was impressed like those dogs are some of the best performers I've ever seen in my entire life you know that might have been why it was so repetitive they might have just been so impressed with how good all the shots were and they're like I can't cut any of this out those dogs were acrobats they were, they were amazing do you think that dog really climbed up that wall yeah, of course he did. I cool. saw him do it. <laughs> I saw him do it. Yeah, the dogs might have been... Do you have a favorite character? Because... The dogs. The dogs are my favorite character, yeah. Um, I still love Winston. I think Winston is like an absolute like gem of this movie. And he is the uh, manager of the New York... The New York Continental. Um, con Why can I never remember Continental? I don't know. Um, but I am... I was a little thrown off um, by the turn that it took at the very end. Yeah. Are we going to, like, fully spoil? Um, well, we are let's even. leave. Why don't we leave that one okay. for everyone to find out? Yeah, I was I was definitely thrown off by it, but it's the only logical step to make another John Wick movie. But here's, the th here's, here's what I misunderstand about this. I was under the impression, I'm not going to say what it was, but, like, I was under the impression when that happened that they were both in agreement and, like, we're both on the same page that it was going to happen. That's what I thought, too. But then later on, when the, was it the Bowery? Is that mm -hmm. what it is? When the Bowery King um, 
like is talking to him, um, I it made it sound like like oh no like this was a true betrayal. What are we gonna do now? And like that kind of really threw me off because I was like, wait, I thought they were in on this together. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like it makes me feel like I'm not gonna know in the next movie who's on what side. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think the the sides have really been shuffled mm-hmm. at the end of this movie. Yeah, I think it's really the only place you can go. It's there. You yeah. can't get bigger. You've literally gone all over the world. You can, There's only so many places Keanu Reeves in a suit can walk around and shoot guns at. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to go there with you and I'll explore how many you want to try, but, like, there are only so many for sure. Oh, like, I'm a wickhead for sure. <laughs> You're a wickhead? Oh, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, um... You flick my wick anytime oh you want. Oh, my goodness. Uh, do you think that there will be anything past a fourth? Like, do you think this is... I don't know how they could. I thought this was going to be the end. I thought th- I thought it was, I 100% went in thinking like, oh, we're going to see how all of it ends. This is going to be like the culmination of everything that happens. And now it makes me think, what if even the fourth one, they're going to be like, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, I could see this just being a series. Yeah, especially too, because we talk about this, um, this kind of, What's the word that I'm looking for? I don't not I don't want to say myth, but kind of like this type of like uh, this mytho- mythological character. He even gets called the boogeyman. So the idea that he's like the type of character that just doesn't die. The same way that like Jason doesn't life. die. Yeah. yeah. Like these types of characters that like no matter what they are, they're heroes because they are larger than life. So I could see it doing that. And I, like I said, I would not be upset about it. No, not at all. I could watch John Wick movies for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I do want to get a little bit serious. Um, mm. As much as I love John Wick, a lot of it made me really uncomfortable. Um, especially in America in 2019. Um, as somebody who has a lot of anxiety, and somebody who is, like, actively, like... Obviously, probably irrationally, but, like, actively worried about a shooter in a theater every time I walk into a theater. Yeah. Knows my exits as soon as I sit down and never stop thinking about it. Can never, ever usually give myself fully to a movie. The gun porn and, like, the gun worship, especially when they were, like, suiting up at the end of the movie this time was a little much for me. It's never been like that in the other movies. I love when he visits the Salmonier or Salmonier. I love when... I've never had an issue with it in the movies before, but them holding up bullets and talking about how many grains of powder in each one of them... And, yeah. and, and not that not that I didn't like it. I loved this movie. I would just feel like a hypocrite if I didn't, if didn't bring that up. Just it felt weird watching. Not even not even violence. There's always been action movies. People like I love action movies, but yeah. just the glorification of the gun yeah. in John Wick comes off a little. It's fetishy. Macabre. In America right yeah. now, and I, again, I don't, I don't want to be a bummer. I fucking love John Wick. I hope they make a hundred more of him and he kills a thousand more people. But I just needed to bring that up. You know, I'm actually, I'm really glad that you did because, um, especially in like the the Casablanca scenes, which is like there's like a lot of people coming at them and they use a lot of bullets in those scenes. Um, I started to get kind of fatigued from the sound because it was really draining. 
And then there were multiple scenes where they would just, like, randomly stumble upon public places. And not a lot of innocent people would get hurt. But, like, they would be going through public places and there would be collateral damage. And, like, I'm not gonna lie. There were, like, five or ten minutes where I went to, like, a really dark place. Because I couldn't stop thinking about all of the other times in my life that I've gone to a public place and, like, started going into an anxiety attack because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about all of the, like, horrible things that could go wrong there. And, um, seeing people, like, in an American film, (coughs) to see people very suddenly, like, be, like, going about their day and then, like, very suddenly all just, like, drop to the ground and, like, start running from gunfire, it's just... Um, I just don't know if that's the kind of, uh, thing that we need to support in media right now in the United States, especially, but I, I, I see what, I fully, fully agree with you because there was literally moments when they would switch to like a lot of martial arts fighting where, and you know me, I'm a very squeamish person where like I would be relieved for like the bone breaking and gross, grotesque deaths because I was gonna be a break from the bullets. I was never so relieved to see somebody get stabbed in a movie. Yeah. At some points. And it was yeah, I kept feeling myself almost getting bored with the gunfights, but I re- realized I wasn't getting bored. I was getting exhausted. Yeah, I was exhausted. I couldn't exactly. watch it. And, and again, I don't want to bum anybody out. Yeah. John Wick rules. The series rules. I do appreciate you bringing that up, though. I think that's important. I love that pure action's getting made again. Yeah. I love that people aren't too good for it or too snooty for it. I think that some really good, like, not to be lame, but, like, real, some real art is getting made. And it, a lot of it's action movies, and yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. I think what I'm really enjoying about um, the advancements of technology and how much access it gives people, like all different levels of filmmakers and creatives to make movies or make things in general is that you get to see all of these like different levels and perspectives. And I feel like it's, it's really important to, um, to know that like not just the Oscar type of like serious drama film is the type of film that needs to be taken seriously. Definitely. I think that like that type of craft can be put in every kind of film and I, I'm really liking all of these explorations of like really like I don't want to call this like artistic but like there's just a lot of scenes and a lot of lighting and a lot of the score that like it is art like that takes that takes a lot of really creative brilliant people to bring something like this together and I'm just really glad that all of that isn't just being committed to people trying to like please one academy that like this is going to all genres to all different kinds of interests if that makes sense definitely genre isn't playing down anymore genres genre has has starting to have enough respect for itself to make the best product it can, to stand on its own. For to, the sake of itself. Like, movies like Hereditary, movies like The Witch, yeah. movie, I mean, The Raid, all these movies we love, Dread, all these just great, pure genre, pure action, pure horror. Yeah. All the stuff is great. I love that just weirdness is being celebrated, that, that this is all just being made available to everybody. Yeah, I think um, this was something that I talked to uh, another friend of mine about, was that how... Um, because of, I, we were kind of talking about the opposite of like, oh, I, I get kind of even like encumbered with how many pictures are on my phone because it's so easy to take pictures. But now it's like the opposite thing where we're seeing this like influx of like so many different creatives, like making so many different kinds of media. Like I'm sure you've noticed too, like that hole in HBO that's going to like 
the post Game of Thrones HBO. I don't know if you've seen the previews, but it's gonna like blow the hell up because they've got like so many new series coming out. I haven't seen any of it. To there's be just been a lot of different previews that I've been seeing where I thought I had seen all of them, and there's like a lot more than I thought. And I think what it is is like it's the availability of the technology. It's people being able to like kind of side hustle and figure out how to collaborate these things together. Um, the beauty of the internet of being able to collaborate, like, like I said, like you're seeing all different types of levels um, of of creation. Like um, I know we saw a preview for them. Do you feel like the types of creatives that work for like a twenty four? Do you think that they would have be like been able to have as much success like twenty thirty years ago? No, not at all. I think, but a lot of that is. It's all accessible now. There's exactly. digital cameras. There's you can film movies on your iPhone. Tangerine's one of the coolest, funniest movies I've seen in a long time. The yeah. whole thing was filmed on an iPhone. Yeah. I think there's just been this whole artistic revolution. Like not to use that word lightly or but really, this yeah. is huge. Like artistic revolution that's been really just holistic and from the ground up on it really every level and in music and movies and Visual arts, all, all that type, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, even us sitting here doing this, like, we're doing this because we have access to the technology to do it, and, like, we didn't have, I mean, we wouldn't have had that at other points in our, you know? Like, when we were teenagers, like, I'm sure, like, we were both doing things that were creative, and we had recording equipment, but this type of accessibility and how easy even just, like, the internet makes it to share this message even with so many people, I think, really makes it. And making, in general, has never been more accessible. Yes. And I love to see people taking advantage of that. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, I love it. Yeah. But to get off my philosophical <laughs> soapbox, um, do you have any final thoughts or favorite parts or anything you want to share about any any of the John Wick movies? Yeah, um, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. I absolutely love the concierge so much. And did you notice at the end that when he went and left the vault, the there was a team of tactical concierges with him? Oh, I loved it. Like that's one of my favorite. <laughs> it's one of my favorite little nuanced details that they put in. All the concierges defending. The Continental was so cool. It was the best. And his I, name... Sorry, I was also um, reading a little bit about that actor, mm -hmm. and he um, was saying how excited he was to get to play that character because it was so against the types he usually gets to play, and it was so different, and he had so much fun. And that, that just makes me happy. Yes. Just, it seems to be very indicative of who he is as a... Um, That's an actor. As a, well, no, as a character in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking at his other um, films because I'm trying to remember if um, if he's an actor that I remember from something. But a lot of what he's known for is uh, like the, what he's most famous for is the John Wick movies, and I just really, I'm glad that you brought him up specifically. Just not even just the tactical concierges, just because he was such a gem that I loved from the first moment you see him in the first movie. I was like, this dude's just really cool. Like he's really just interesting and charismatic. And then in the second movie. He takes care of the dog. Yeah, I love him for taking care of the dog. And him and the, him and the dog are such good friends. I love that part. So I would say that was he, if you're asking me for a favorite, I would say that even just not just from this movie, from all the movies, the concierge is my favorite. But I want to know about your favorite. Do you have a favorite scene or character or anything? You know, I... I think about that a lot. We watch John Wick a lot. Yeah. And I really think my favorite part in the entire series is the first time 
that the concierge and the dog look at each other in the second movie and they're just staring each other down. I think that's so great. Isn't it the sweetest moment? I love it so much. They got such a sweet dog. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think um, we've said all we have to say on John Wick. Mm -hmm. Go home, hug your dogs, never sell your car to Alfie Allen. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Don't get cooked. Don't be a turkey or you'll get cooked. Don't say no to Santino. Good night, everybody.